0: Hey, Wizards fans, Zach Rosen here from WashingtonWizards.com. Today on the podcast, we are going to interview Justin Kutcher, the new voice on the television of your Washington Wizards on NBC Sports Washington. But before we get to today's episode, we want to remind you that this podcast is powered by BioFreeze, the official topical reliever of the Washington Wizards. BioFreeze offers fast-acting, long-lasting, powerful pain relief to help you feel no limits. BioFreeze can be found at your local retailer as well as online. Coming up on the other side of the break, Justin Kutcher. All right, Zach Rosen back here with Jacob Rame and Chris Gehring, and joining us today is a special guest, the new TV play-by-play voice of the Washington Wizards, Justin Kutcher. Justin, uh, we want to give you a warm welcome to D.C. Absolutely. Yeah, We, we understand that you have a very busy couple days here, but as you get situated, you're calling games on the weekends, I'm sure, and staying busy. But we just wanted to introduce you uh, to our fan base and uh, get to know you a little better ourselves as we just met you as well.
1: (laughs) Awesome. Yeah, I mean, and I had BioFreeze before, so we're all set. (laughs) Yeah, you're used to the ad reads.
0: (laughs) I really should have just had you do it. (laughs) Uh, Justin, you have a very uh, great background for this position. There are obvious reasons you were hired, but if you can just tell your own story to us a little bit of, you know, now you don't have to tell us your whole Start life story. Started at age eight, yeah,
2: like when you found your love. So of at
1: age eight, uh, that was I was playing minors, uh, in the minors baseball, the eight nine year old league. Yeah, yeah. Um, my my team was the Elks. Oh, the Elks! <laughs> um, yeah, I remember them. Yeah, we were we were good. We won the championship that year. Holy cow! Um, and yeah. that really set the foundation. You feel for it your did entire... for me going to the majors and playing for LNL Evergreen. Um, <laughs> yeah. But uh, so you bring a championship pedigree, is what yeah, you're that's to right, say. yeah? That's right. Yes, yeah, it's that's it's, it's what I strive for. Maybe
2: he's here just in time for a Mystics championship. <laughs> there
1: that's you right. go. Yeah, I, I can't wait going to the game tomorrow night, and uh, that should be fun. But no, for me, um, my background, honestly, uh, it started when I was when I was real young. Um, I've loved sports my entire life. So uh, if I wasn't playing them, I was watching them. If I wasn't watching them, I was reading about them. I was a huge baseball card collector. I have over six thousand baseball cards. You want to bring them in? I mean, they're at my parents' house. So in am I. Yeah. Um, my collection so. is
2: my collection pretty formidable as well.
1: <laughs> you let me know what's what's, best what's card? your
2: best oh best <laughs> card.
0: Um, so I mean, Jacob, thank you for interrupting his life story. Yeah, <laughs>
2: but this is great. This is the content that people want. Say, maybe it's I, I mean, I have a lot of a lot of good rookies, but um, a Babe Ruth bat card, a uh, card with a piece of Babe Ruth's bat in it. it wow. is probably wow. my best Jeez. one.
1: Okay, I've never even heard of that. Yeah, it seems real.
2: I mean, I hope so. It was like back at <laughs> like uh, Tops or something like that. Yeah, there you go. I'll bring it in for show and tell.
1: Do you have the '89 upper deck box unsealed? The first ever upper deck set. Probably not. Yeah, there you go. King I have Murphy a lot Jr. of was sealed. Not the first card. Of the history of Upper Deck, I have a lot of
2: sealed boxes. I don't know exactly which ones. I'd have to go through and check, but I doubt I have that yeah.
1: one. No, that one. That one still sticks out because it was a blue box, and I remember like I could not open it up because once you break the seal, you mm-hmm. lose yeah. the value. So it's still, my gosh, what is that? It's a long time yeah. ago, like thirty years <laughs> 30 ago. Years ago almost, God, yep. um, but yeah. So no, so I, I just, I was just always a sports nut, and um, both my parents are short. And so when I realized I wasn't gonna be a professional athlete, I figured there had to be some other way to stay involved. And for some reason, uh, I said broadcasting. Um, I have no idea why it worked out. But um, somehow, some way, I'm here right now and I still kinda of can't believe it. Um, but I'm, I'm incredibly lucky. And uh, I did minor league baseball for three years from Portland, Oregon, to Sioux Falls, South Dakota, to Erie, Pennsylvania made my way to New York, um, began working for then CSTV now at CBS sports network, uh, went to ESPN after that for about four years and then to Fox since uh, 2012. Um, and just got really, really lucky. I don't, I don't know. I, it's, I, I've been blessed, I guess.
2: What's your, what's your, so obviously you've called, you know, everything under the sun more or less. And, um, we'll say besides basketball. So that, yeah, uh, what's your favorite sport to call and what's been, um, some of your favorite games over time that you've gotten to call?
1: So besides basketball, it's baseball. Okay. Um. Just growing up where I did outside of New York City. Uh, I was a huge Knicks fan growing up. I think I was a bigger Michael Jordan fan than I was a Knicks fan. So I always rooted for the Knicks to win. But if they lost to, to MJ. Which they did every Which year. they did pretty much every year, except for when he was out of the league, and then they okay. lost to the Rockets. And Anyway, um, it was... For me, just growing up there, it was, it was also the Yankees, and uh, I'd watch games pretty much every single night. Um, but as far as for me, games that I've called that kind of stick out. Um, one I called the the Kemba Walker step back winner over Pitt at the Big East <sighs> tournament. That's a great uh, one, legendary. Man, that was yeah. uh, that was for ESPN three D. So we had twelve watchers. <laughs> um, I was my, one of them. But my call was great, <laughs> um, and then. Uh, I would say I had uh, also Big E's tournament, uh, Seton Hall over Villanova when they were the eight seed over the one seed, and it was, uh, it was a Gibbs game-winning shot. That was crazy. Um, people are shocked by this, but 2015 Women's World Cup uh, quarterfinals, France against Germany and Montreal, and it went to PKs, and the keeper for, the, for Germany made the save on the last PK to win it. That was one of the times where I actually sat down afterwards and was like, "Whoa, like I can't believe that just happened." And then I've been, I've been lucky. Uh, man, there's been there've been a lot of good ones. I had Central Michigan over Oklahoma State in college football. The play that should never have happened. It was the Hail Mary. Yep. Um yep. The extra play. Uh, that was wild. And. Yeah, it's just those would be the games I would say would stick out. Some home runs, Bryce Harper. I called. He had a walk off against uh, Atlanta here in D.C., and he got the chocolate sauce treatment afterwards. Mm -hmm. Ken Rosenthal was down on the on the field doing the interview, and he got some chocolate sauce on him. Um, But there are so many games, but I would say those would be the ones that stick out. Good list. Yeah, Yeah, it's a
3: great list. I my before coming here, part of my background is working in PR for minor league baseball, and I know. In in that setting, we work with our radio guy really closely. Um, What's the difference between preparing for baseball every single day to call a baseball game where the pace is just not the same, and preparing for a basketball game where you're constantly calling action? Is is one harder than the other, or are they just two totally different
1: I I would say they're they're two totally different animals. Um, For baseball, when you're calling a team every day, the only similarity between the two is when you're with a team all the time, you know that team. The difference is you're, you're essentially preparing for the opposition. You're learning about them. Um, but when you're doing a baseball game, I mean, my gosh, I can remember being with the Erie Seawolves, the Tigers AA affiliate. And I would always say I'm just having a conversation with people listening. And it's it's a two-way conversation, but I'm the only one talking. And did you have a did you have a color guy for those? Or were you everything? No, I was by myself, and yep. and I would just go. And we had a there was a great show that I grew up with called Save by the Bell. And every fifth inning or so, they would play the song to Save by the Bell, and kids would run from center field across the field over to like the first baseline. And for some reason, I was really bored one day, and for a full inning and a half, I talked about Save by the Bell. <laughs> Like in between pitches, in between plays, I said how great the show was. I talked about them going to Malibu, working at the Beach Club. Then I talked about, you know the college years, a very underrated show. Um, but saved by the say by the Bell the new class that was that was an abomination. And um, so I was talking about this and just having a conversation with myself. and afterwards, some of the pitchers were in the clubhouse and they're like, Dude, did you really just talk about Saved by the Bell for like an inning and a half? And I'm like, yeah. They're like, I did like when they're at the beach club, though. That was fun, <laughs> you know. And, and so, like, all this stuff is going on. So, so from that point of view, you're you're, you're preparing, and and it's there's a there's a certain flow to it. Um, for basketball, the preparation I think is all pregame. Um, it's having my roster set, having my notes there. And this way, when the game is going on, my job is to to hit the moment, to punctuate it, and also tee up my analyst. And I like to have that conversation with the analyst. So as long as I, I can say, like, you know, so-and-so, let's say Bradley Beal, you know, knocks down three threes. Um, he's shooting 44% from three-point land. Just a little bit of a nugget. Or... He's eight for his last 12 from three, like something like that, that I can tag. That's, that's the kind of stuff that I want to make sure I have at my disposal as soon as it happens. Um, But calling a game, calling a Wizards game, you know, three times a week or whatnot, I'll know this team very, very well. It'll be the opposition that I'm prepping for. Uh,
0: you speak you spoke about your analysts Drew Good and Karan mm-hmm. Butler, both former wizard players will be your well Drew for the most part and then Karan getting some play in there as well. Have you spoke with them much
1: and how's the chemistry there? Are you excited? Oh I'm I'm stoked. I uh, I think we're gonna have such a great time. Um, everything I've heard from other people about them has been so positive positive. and then just speaking um, I've spoken with, with Drew I haven't been able to connect with Karan yet but it's like Drew and I we hit it off right away on the phone and uh, we texted some in the last week or so but I just think I'm somebody who my approach when I call a game is the viewer needs to laugh at least once during a broadcast if I don't make them laugh at least once, I've failed at my job. And not because I'm trying to be a comedian, but because what we do is fun. And if you can't have fun on the air, then then shame on you. And so hopefully I accomplish that goal. And, and when you hear me laugh on the air, it's genuine. Like, there will be some belly laughs this year, I promise you. <laughs> well, as somebody that is going to be watching just about all
2: 41 road games <laughs> <of them>. on NBCSW, yep. uh yep you you better make it fun. Yeah, I <laughs> will, I it, promise. It's going to be a lot of time spent on that. Um have you um what are your um so obviously you haven't you haven't been with a, a soul team for a very long time. Yeah. Um what are your thoughts on sort of moving into that role versus the national role and um, and some some general thoughts on on this Wizards team this season?
1: Um I'm excited to be part of to be part of a team again. Uh, when you're when you're part of a team, you really, you feel the losses, you feel the wins. Um, when you're doing a national game, you try to stay right down the middle. And depending on what happens in the game, you start talking up one team more than the other. And people will get mad at you saying, oh, you're, you're favoring this team. No, sorry, your team's losing 8 nothing. I really can't say much, much good about you. Um, but with the Wizards and being around the guys – you're going to develop those personal relationships. And I think that's what I'm, I'm looking forward to. As far as the team is concerned, uh, I've been down at the practice facility the past couple of days. I've watched them. Look, they've got 20 guys who have been just running open court, going through like just individual workouts, voluntary for three weeks. I've never heard of something like that. I think it's it, it speaks volumes to – the chemistry of the team. I think it speaks volumes to these guys realizing there's an opportunity to play in the NBA. Um, and I I think I think it's going to be a fun team. I don't know how many wins they're going to get. You know, I, I think the over-under is at like 28 and a half. Personally, I'll take the over. Sure. Yeah. Okay. I, and I'm not even taking that because I'm going to be coaching. Life's too their short games. to bet the under. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, I honestly do believe that if Isaiah Thomas can get back and be close to what he was in Boston, then that's a huge, huge reward for, for the Wizards. I think Rui Hachimura is gonna be a stud. I believe that. Watching Bradley Beal the last couple of days, I covered him in high school. I didn't realize how good of a ball handler he has become. And the way he's able to finish around the hoop, everyone talks about his shooting, but it's the other elements that I watch that I'm like, man, um, Mo Wagner's been working on on his outside shot. CJ Miles his outside shot. I was watching CJ the past couple of days and I just kept on seeing like James Harden. He's not going to be the scorer that James Harden is, but his shot, the way he looks when he when he's that that nice lefty, similar, yeah. sh- That lefty stroke and and then he's got the beard going right now, not quite like you guys. James you Harden. guys heard it here first. Dustin <laughs> Kutcher
2: believes that C.J. Miles will be James Harden this season.
1: He, he, at some points, I will promise you, I will say on the air that he reminds me of him. And Chris uh, Miller is going to phone you in and say, "Just start shaking his head." <laughs> <laughs> going to say the new guys got to stop. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I mean, so I, I do think that there are going to be uh, some real positives with this team, and they're so young. That the way they're coming together, it's it's a good thing, and uh, I think people have to be patient, but they can also be excited.
3: Hundred percent. What what kind of do you do you get to as part of like getting used to a new team? Do you have to watch? Have you been watching a bunch of the, like last last year's games, or you know other guys, or how do you at this point in the year when you're coming into the team for the first time? What are what are things that are maybe different than you know when you go into a second year when you've been with a team for a little while
1: i think for me right now no i haven't watched like last year's games um, the team is so it's different they aren't so yeah. the same players yeah. Yeah. so like i don't think guys. i learned anything from that i yeah. but what i've tried to do is try to go down and you know i got to town a couple of days ago and i've been at the practice facility every day since um, just watching and getting myself familiar with them seeing what seeing what they're working on seeing what their strengths are seeing what their weaknesses are Um, you know I mean look Bradley Beal he he got into the guys yesterday like you know hey no more like laughing no more like crying about a foul you didn't get called like let's go and just seeing something like that like seeing his leadership the way he's evolved into a leader Um, John Walls there working out you know shooting working on different things not jumping but just working out that's a positive sign you know that he wants to get back Um, I don't think he's going to be back this year. That's, you know, I think an opinion that many people share, but just the fact that he's out there and I think he's got a chip on his shoulder because of what people have said, that will bode well going into the future. Um, So for me, it's all about just getting familiar with the guys right now and trying to make them, can we put all our phone calls on silent, please? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, this is a podcast for crying out loud. Um, But no, I, I just think that it's, it's having them see me and realize I'm not just some random dude who showing up, you know, at an optional workout. That I'm there, you know, and being respectful and and hopefully that over time we build those relationships. Right, I
0: think you're, you know, it's a lot of the points you brought up about what you know about the team already. They're key, you know, Brad making his mark on the team, John's rehab, uh, and. It's going to be interesting. I really like what you said. Like, it's going to be a fun team. We don't know what exactly to expect. You know, there's been a setback today. IT had surgery. Right. It's too bad. But he should be back, you know, in November, ready to go. I don't think it's as bad as maybe people may have thought. Um, but people feel bad for that guy. Yeah. You know, he's been through a lot the last couple of years. Um, my question for you is, how are you going to balance all this, these gigs you got and then come and fly in? and call the Wizards games, are you planning to to be doing just as much TV nationally or uh, how's your schedule going gonna, to uh, turn out?
1: So the Wizards will always take priority. Of course. Um, you wouldn't be in this room if that wasn't the case. Right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's, a, that's
0: a life mantra for all of us. The Wizards take yeah. priority. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, no kidding. Was, nine years.
1: <laughs> so so basically for me, the way it works is um, it'll be a bit crazy uh, through the end of November. Um, with college football so right now like this weekend I'll fly out uh, Friday to go to Cleveland where I've got my last MLB game I've got Phillies at Indians on Saturday I'll come back Sunday Monday I fly to Atlanta to do a MC an event for the Falcons then I go up to New York for the uh, NBA meetings Tuesday Wednesday fly down to Charlotte to MC an event on Thursday there then I go out to Utah um, for our college football game on Saturday. Finally, get back to DC <laughs> Sunday, um, and then I'm here, and I'll be here uh, that first week of October. Training, um, camp. training camp, media day. I don't have any games that that weekend, so that'll be nice because our first preseason game is the seventh. Um, but then the following week, I will have a game. So I think I I think we've got a preseason game on seventh 11th and 13th yep and fifth right. yeah, yeah that's right yeah and so the 11th after that I'll fly out to my game do the game fly back and do the wizard so it's just a matter of sleep when I can do you have a good do you have a good
2: do you get good credit card points on those miles
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, I right now on my miles I'm at a hundred and fifty Fifty-five thousand for the year. Okay, not that's to not brag. Bad. Not to brag. Yeah. Um, I made executive platinum before the end of July. <laughs> that's uh, huge. So um, it's I've, good news for you. Well, bad news—you don't get the points. I know,
0: but the charter life <laughs> it's that you'll get bad. to experiences—it's is pretty, pretty good. It's yeah, pretty good. So yeah, that's so that's what I've heard. It'll and make up for some of the commercial flights. So you have it's to make. it's
1: good, right? It's a balance because I'm I'm gonna try to get all my miles before basketball season. Then when basketball season ends, I'll go back to doing like MLB on Fox, and uh, so hopefully they'll throw me like some West Coast games again, <laughs> so I can get the miles. And then at, you know golf. Unfortunately, the U.S. Open this year's in at Foot. Not unfortunately, but for travel purposes, I don't get as many miles for that. But uh, but no, it. So when are you going to Australia and using all these miles? <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. Uh, honestly, I've already figured out that come All Star break i going to a warm weather destination good. for like for, for four or five days. Yeah.
0: The only break of the whole yeah, calendar. Right. For yeah. You, huh?
1: um, I saw it. I looked at it and I'm like, "That's I'm going to be exhausted and I'm going to want to sleep. So I have friends who are like, oh, we'll go, we'll go. I'm like, I, I don't think I want you to. <laughs> I was like, I think I just want to go by myself. Won't even touch a sip of alcohol. I will literally just
3: sleep on a beach, maybe get through half a book. Sounds, sounds pretty good. <laughs> for... This is this is definitely a cliche question, but two parts. Growing up, are they both cliches? Yeah, probably are. (laughs) Um, Growing up and and now, who who is somebody that you listened to or watched or listened to on the radio or watched on TV growing up that you were like that guy or that person is you know the definition of sports broadcasting to me. And then now, are there are there colleagues of yours that you lean on that? have, you know, maybe been doing this a little bit longer or that you just like their, um, their style on, yeah. on the air.
1: Yeah. Um, so growing up, uh, the guy that I always watched was Bob Costas. Uh, so I've like, heard the, of him. Yeah. Yeah. He's had a you Decent know, good, career. No, pretty, career. pretty good career. Yeah. yeah. For a guy who never graduated college. My God. Um, but no. So he uh, when he used to host actually the NBA on NBC, I thought that was the job that I wanted. I was like man how cool would that be to to be next to these former players and talk about the games and this and that um as i got older and i got into the business um i got really really lucky uh and joe buck became my mentor and i'm not saying it because he's my mentor i'm saying it because it's truly what i feel i think he's the best tv play-by-play announcer in the history of television um the way he is able to set up the moment, hit it and lay out, uh, it is just awesome. And as great of an announcer he is, he is a better dude. Um, And the crazy thing for me was, this is going back when I was still at ESPN, I got a phone call uh, from somebody saying, hey, uh, Joe just gave you a nice shout out on the air. I'm like, what? And he was doing a national radio show um, and his the guest on his show that day was Bob Costas, so his co- his co host asked Costas what kind of advice would you give to young up and coming broadcasters. So Costas gave his his answer, and then they asked Joe, and he said, "Well, first I always say get a famous dad," and <laughs> um, and then he goes into his bit, and the guy asked Costas, "You know who's the next you know guy to come along?" And he goes, I don't know, and, and he starts saying this, and Joe goes, I'll give you a name. He said, we had a guy who was a runner for us just a couple of years ago at Yankee Stadium, Justin Kutcher. He's now doing major college basketball on ESPN. And he said this, and I like got goosebumps. I started tearing up. I had I had not seen or spoken to Joe in five years prior to that, and I called my parents. I played the clip for them like I couldn't believe it and then I emailed him and I just said uh, hey Joe I I just heard the shout out Wanted to say thanks so much you have no idea how much that means to me and he said uh, you know congrats on everything really proud of you and when I got that it was just like whoa Um, so obviously I still watch him talk to him bounce ideas off of him other people uh, I loved Vern Lundquist um, whether it's college football, college basketball, or yes, sir, uh, in golf. Um, golf yeah. Iron Eagle, he's somebody. What about his son now with the numbers? It's yeah. awesome. Um, yeah, it's unbelievable. As a matter of fact, I'll tell you the story. He sent me a text before the news became public saying, uh, are the rumors true? And I go, there are rumors? <laughs> and he said, uh the NBA circles talking, and I was like, "Huh?" And he goes, "We'll talk when you can." So I found out before it was announced that Noah got the Clippers radio job. I wrote back. I said, "So are the rumor's true?" <laughs> yeah, right. and he goes, "There are rumors." <laughs> so when I when I finally called him when I when it became official, uh, I said, "Hi, uh, is uh, Noah Eagle's dad there?" <laughs> And he said, You know what? I'm, I'm very comfortable having it be that way. Um, so they're just, they're awesome people. Um, so I, on the way he calls a game, the way he handles himself. And that's that's one of the things that I think I take away from the guys that I really watch and, and, and listen to carefully is not just how they call a game, but also how they treat people, how they treat people off the air. And, um, you know, Joe, a story about him back in the 2006. World Series. It was in St. Louis, so obviously everybody knows him. And um, there are two different doors to the press box. And there were two fans waiting outside one of the doors for him to sign a poster they made. And we snuck around a different way. And when Joe saw that, he's like, hold the elevator. And he went and he signed the, the, the poster for those fans. And when he came back in the elevator, the operator goes, your dad would be really proud and I just thought that was so cool um, that he took the time he could have very easily just slipped by and, and gone into the TV trucks or into the cars and left and he went back and he did that and you see people when they see Ian everyone loves seeing him Dan Shulman um, those those would be the guys that I would say that I've I've watched listened to and and really enjoy their work Brian Anderson too love yeah. ba yeah i was hoping you're same yeah. as a brewers yeah. fan he's he, well, is, he's he is my heartbeat so. He's he's awesome <laughs> baseball basketball um and another great great guy like yeah. these are people that i'll text with and um i think honestly that was one of the the most i guess emotional parts for me with getting this job was how many of these people reached out to me and either texted called whatever it was to say like how happy they were for me and how proud and this and that and and just the fact that they were taking the time out of their day to do that it meant a ton to me
0: well justin we appreciate you coming on today we're looking forward to hearing you on the call uh i wish i could hear more of your calls i'll probably be in the building <laughs> with you most of the time but uh I know that uh, you'll have some memorable ones, not just this season but in the future. So no. we thank you again looking for looking forward
2: us. to looking yeah. forward to hearing a lot more stories on the pod this season yeah, well, too. Sure.
0: You
1: let me know yeah, when, I'll awesome. do it. All right. Awesome. Thanks guys. Thank Appreciate you very it. much.